Welcome to Real 45 with Stefan and Greg Hancock. We vibe out and have real talk, so tune in and check this out. Yeah, today is a new day. Let's seize it now and get hype. We talking about our careers, our family, and just life. Yeah, share my story with you. Inspiration like every day. Real 45, we gon' keep it live. I keep episodes on replay. Hey, Real 45. Yeah, Real 45. Show them how we do it, man. Yeah. Share my episodes with you. Hey, everybody. This is the Real 45 Podcast, episode number 16. I'm Greg Hancock with uh, my pal, Stefan Janelle. This episode is again partnered up or paired up with our good buddies at uh, Titans of Dirt. Uh, we encourage everyone because they, they've been helping us out. They're really pushing the, the broadcast for the podcast for us. And uh, check them out on Facebook, like them, and follow what they're doing. They got some really rad stuff happening here in 20, 2018. It's going to be cool. So, uh, But here we are. We're back to a new episode. This one is going to be epic in its own way for lots of reasons, because this one's like with uh, a really good buddy of mine who I got a ton of respect for. He's a, a racing partner. He's a, he's a competitor. And he he like he's like a sixth sense. You can just hear him. He's just in the background all the time. Hey, and I hear him. You know, they he's from that part of the world where they like change the letters and words, and then that word can mean something totally different. So anyway, so all the way from down under, we've got Holder in the house. Chris Holder. What's up? What's up, What's up brother? How you going? I'm going great, guns, mate. I'm doing big things every big things. Over here, so <laughs> I've been watching and following you all over the net. Where, where in the world are you right now? We don't even know where you are. Downtown Palmer Hill, Ringwood, Hampshire. If you don't mind. Oh, so you're on the island. Lucky for some, because <laughs> <laughs> you're you're in that time of year where you want to be like as far far down there on the globe as you can, right? As we refer yeah, to I, it. I woke up nearly every day for the last couple of, or month or so. Watching all my mates' Instagram, Snapchat, in bed till 10, and then getting up and um, watching the rainfall. So, okay, so to put this into perspective, you uh, you went home back to Australia for the last Grand Prix, and then you hung out there for a while, and then you, you made your trip back to England, right? Indeed. Yeah, I came back. I went back, obviously, for the Grand Prix, which was a disaster, if you've ever, if anyone ever seen it. <laughs> But yeah, not, 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 not real good, <laughs> especially coming off the back of a win last year. I was going back there with big intentions and I got, I think, three points and probably the worst GP I've ever had in my life. And um, oh. yeah, hung out there for about a month and then came back because obviously I got my son Max here. So I wanted to come back and hang with him and all the rest of it and do Christmas and stuff. So I came back and um, yeah, chilled with him, had a good time with him, which has been great. And then uh, here I am. Yeah, but then you took you took a rad snowboarding trip to France. Yeah, I snuck in a little snowboard trip with uh, Monster Joe. Obviously, he's a good friend of all of us, and um, he invited us out to go to France for a snow trip, and um, went out there and hung out there for a week and had a blast. Obviously, in the winter, it's it's totally different for an Australian person to be here in the winter. It's not that great, but to be out there, it's been awesome. And uh, and <laughs> hung out there and did snowboarding there for a week and. Forgot about everything and it was great. And then obviously came back here and so 
you're obviously you're, you're in England now. So are you going to go back to Australia now before the season kicks off again? Or are you are you in England for the I'm long haul? I'm here for long the long haul, man. I, I went on a little bit of a holiday the last about yeah two weeks ago. Totally classified, mm-hmm. so I don't want to I don't want to say where I went, but I had a great time and um, got some surfing in, which I haven't done for like even when I was been in Australia, I haven't managed to be able to surf since the last probably three years because I've obviously I've been injured before and. The waves have been garbage for the two weeks I was there. But um, when I came back, I stayed here for like about a month or and a half. I did Christmas and all the New Year stuff and then disappeared to an undisclosed location for, for about a, for 10 days and had a blast. And then, yeah, got some mad waves in and it's like rejuvenated my surfing career. So unclassified uh, information, undisclosed Very location. Tough. So that doesn't really leave me. I can't really ask anything about it. So how was the surfing? It was insane, man. It was great. <laughs> it was. Um, it took me about eight days before I could work up the coast to have a crack, and then was like, I can't say the word I want to say, but I thought, damn it, I'm gonna go have a go. And then um, yeah, when I did a bit of surfing, it was gold, and um, was hanging out with another Aussie mate for one of the days, and um, it was great fun, man. So. I wish I was still there, but obviously I came back because obviously I got Max here and stuff, and I want to spend as much time in the off season as I can with him. Max is Max is my son, mate. You know it. Yeah, no, he's my son, and um, it's been a pretty rough trot for me and him for the last year or so. But uh, any chance I get, I'm I'll stay here and um, just to hang out with him for a few days. So yeah, I came back to obviously hang out with him, and then I disappeared for ten days on a little bit of a whirlwind tour if you will and um and i'm back now and then yeah i've seen him a few times i saw him just before i speak to you guys so yeah he's he's all good so it's been mad and i'll see him in a couple of days is it is that something that you can talk about i mean could he not go with you down to australia or is that something you'd rather not he um he was coming for the gp i was gonna only go for two weeks and he was gonna come and miss school for about four days and I i was gonna take him with me to see obviously his grandparents out there and all these cousins and stuff but um it was all in the pipeline to do it and then i think about three or a couple of weeks before it all got shut down and he couldn't come so obviously i had to go for the grand prix so i I wasn't stopping but um i went out there and stuff but hopefully in the future he's going to be back out there for sure ah that's sweet man that's cool well we hope so too i mean it's it's uh, like you said. It's, you guys had a rough run the, the last uh, year and a half. Very, very rough, to put it lightly. Yeah, I've been fortunate no, or to hear some, you know, hearing some of this stuff, and you know, you don't wish any of that stuff on your on your bros whatsoever, and takes its toll on on everyone, especially the little guys. So, I, dude, we hope that works out for you for sure. That's that's something that'll just make life better all Cheers, around, brother. for sure. So, dude, you grew up. You're an Aussie. You grew up in Aussie. You you grew up. Uh, so wait a minute, wait a minute. Are you are you from the bush? Or, well, if I want to go for a ride, I'd come. I'd start my bike, my motocross bike, obviously in my garage with my younger brother Jack, and ride about hundred meters, and I'm in about a thousand hectares, not acres, hectares. I don't know what that means in acres, but in a, over a thousand hectares <laughs> of uh, waterboard land, which you shouldn't be in, but because we're local, we know how to dodge everybody and. Um, We've got mad tracks out there in the hills, and it's sick fun. So, like I said earlier, when I look at everyone's Facebook and all that stuff from Australia, and it's 30-odd degrees, and it's good times, and I'm sitting here. <laughs> it, um, it's tough to take, but, um, but yeah, obviously I um, have a mad time when I'm out there. But, yeah, I live in 
rural rural Australia, if you will. So it is kind of like the I'm bush. I'm very deep in the bush out there, mate. Why do they call it the bush? I don't really know, but I've been like in trouble, not in trouble, but chased out there before. And, man, I can get us out of any situation. I've left bikes out there and come back about 7.30 in the afternoon to go pick them up, and it's no problem. I ain't been caught, I ain't been caught in the last <laughs> 10 years, so that's how, that's, that's how good I am in the bush, bro. <laughs> so, so when you're out there in the bush, though, I mean, you guys have lots of uh, scary, poisonous insects and spiders and snakes and stuff like that doesn't that freak you out i'm i'm one with the bush greggy i'm like i'm like the steve Irwin of my area <laughs> <laughs> now nah, obviously we see bits and pieces but it's all blown out of proportion because there's man i've been riding out there for the last 10 plus years or even more than that when it got a bit heavy with the waterboard security and i couldn't go out there for a couple of years but the last 10 years i've been out there nearly every other day we'd leave at 5 p.m in the arvo because we could just ride from our garage straight out there and i think i've seen about three snakes so it's that's nothing but if like i'll ride in front of me brother jack and then i'll hit a cobweb like while i'm riding like do a little dance on the bike to think i'm something's on me but then that's about it you don't have to to wear one of those big bush knives and uh, i'll take a gun everywhere i go Jules. Everywhere I go, mate. <laughs> nah, nothing like that. It's, what, like, it's, way, it's way blown out of proportion. It's not like you see nothing. Like we've had a few deadly spiders in our pool, but that's they're always dead because they're in the pool for too long and whatnot. But obviously, the spider in the pool can kill you, but it hasn't killed me yet, has it? It doesn't sound scary at all. There's just a few deadly spiders in the pool, but they're dead yeah, anyway. They shouldn't have been in the, the pool. If you go, when you go in the pool, you got to check the pool before you jump in. Like you got to be an idiot to get in without looking at it, right? <laughs> and the same like when you leave our shoes outside, you give them a little tap on the fuck on the. I won't say that word. You give them a little tap on the brickwork and just make sure there's nothing in it, and then we'll throw our shoes on. But we don't really wear shoes where I'm from, do we? That's <laughs> see, that's just like that's just like home etiquette. You just know that you just do that, and you got to remind all your buddies when they you'd come be, over. You'd be silly Guys. if you don't do it, mate. You're not Australian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like. I, I obviously I know a lot uh, a lot about you. There's a lot I'm sure I don't know about you too. But <laughs> you know the best. You, you, stuff. Fa- <laughs> you know all the you know all my secrets, mate. <laughs> but you got you got family. You got. Uh, two brothers yep and your old man your and your your mom has had to deal with four guys in the house my wife is learning that here too but how is that for your mom well jack he knows now but jack was supposed to be a girl so um his name, <laughs> his name really should be jacqueline not jack but um me obviously me and jim me and my older brother james jimbo we call him were only a year and a half apart i think yeah year and four months and uh yeah we're all sweet and then like nine years later they were like all right we'll give mum a girl because we put mum through a lot of boy stuff and then little jacqueline turned out to be jack so <laughs> poor old mum's got to deal with three boys <laughs> plus dad four dad's probably the biggest baby of us all but uh but she takes Ooh. it in a stride and she's a champion so i can't really complain there i can't really put shit on her either so it's got to with it. <laughs> I think the title of this episode should be Jack. He should have been a girl. Oh, man. The only reason they had Jack was to give mum a girl, and 
he come out of a set of balls. <laughs> oh, poor old Jack. So this is good info, though, because now, you know, we can <laughs> we can remind him of this for periodically. Exactly. Now you know when he has a little whinge, he's got that girl thing in him, doesn't he? That's right. <laughs> That's the Jacqueline coming yeah, out. Yeah, I call him Jacqueline all the time. <laughs> when he has a bit of a whinge, I'm like, settle down, Jacqueline. Uh. Dude, but yeah, anyway, so yeah, and obviously you, you, you that had, and whatever, and poor old mum's got no chance now. Dude, you're yeah, you know your mom's a hero. She's to to grow. Did she always like bikes too? Nah, her, that's a crazy thing. Like the whole bike deal was all my dad's side. Like my dad, obviously, and then all these brothers. Oh, he's got two. Oh, sorry, two brothers and a sister. My whole my pop. And all these, he's got about seven brothers, I think, or six brothers and one sister. Like, they're all bike mad, like crazy. And then go to mum's side. And I remember my dad saying that when he first went to, obviously, mum's house when they were together and stuff, and there's, like, a picture of Jesus on the wall, and they're, like, not super religious, but Catholic people and all that stuff. He was, like, far from it. But um, but obviously, mum's taken to it and mum's probably my biggest fan out of anybody and even my mum's mum my nan like my grandma and mum's side has messaged and if you see her on facebook i won't say the name because she pops up a lot but uh <laughs> she's a massive fan of speedway and she's got her favorites and the people she don't like and i see her right on stuff and i'm like oh shit i'm glad they don't know who that is <laughs> <laughs> honestly she loves you greggy she thinks you're a good bloke so you're you're on the clear <laughs> so you, you told her some good stuff about me then. <laughs> right, nah, she, just, she, can, she can watch and see you're a genuine bloke, but she's got a few, um, I wouldn't, I don't know, and not enemies, obviously, because I don't know who she is, but she's got a few people she dislikes. So is she? Is that where you get your undisclosed information kind of lifestyle from? Because she's like that too. She's just kind of like hidden out there. She's incognito, mate. No one knows who she is. She pops up. <laughs> I've got to message mum and go, mum, tell none to stop saying that stuff because i know it's about me and she's being nice to me but like it's people start going off at her and she's about 80 years old i'm like they don't know what they're talking to and she's got no problem with it at <laughs> no, all she don't care she's she's like the first person to message something after a grand prix or anything she just goes off and it's awesome how they've obviously taken to what i've been doing over the last few years and whatnot and, and um We've sort of converted my whole mum's side, which was nothing to do with bikes, into probably bigger bike fans than my dad's side. No kidding. Honestly, man, it's, oh. it's crazy. My, my name would probably know more than Brando in statistics if you if you want to go that far. <laughs> that, well, she has had a big interest. That's that's cool. But she, oh, she's been in New Zealand. You would have met her. I'm telling you. You would have met her. 100%. And she's been in Australia. You would have met her there. 100%. Well, that's pretty. That's I can imagine that because I've met some people that have come up to me and told me they were relatives of yours, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm a cousin to Chris. I think I told you this too. And then it was like your one of your cousins, a girl who came and introduced herself one time, and she was going off. And then you were telling me she can ride a bike, man. That chick can ride a freaking motorcycle. Emily Emily Hopton, check her out on Instagram. She can wheelie a bike better than fuck me and you put together. Put it that way. Jeez, that's I I I'd never forget that her coming up and saying this. And I remember coming to you later, like some girl came out and said she was my cousin. You're, she was your cousin, you know, and you're going, dude, I'm telling you, that chick can ride a bike. You can ride. So if it's I, not just the guys. If I could give her a speedway bike, she'd probably be racing over here. <laughs> That's how she's, she's so good. It's unreal. Oh. 
Yeah, and she's from your mom's <laughs> side or your dad's side? Nah, she's from my dad's side. My dad's sister's daughter. That um, yeah. none of none of my mum's side are bike riders or anything, but they follow what we what I do over here and all that kind of thing. And like I said, they're probably the first ones to message me. All that all my mum's side, which has never been in the bikes, are the first ones to say like, "Congrats!" or "Keep doing, keep going," or whatever you know. So it's pretty cool that the whole family's fully united in what's going on over here. Oh, that's sweet. That's oh, yeah. That's cool. And how, how old were you when you started? When I, it's funny, man. I started when I was about seven years, seven or eight years old. We um, we were the the Federation of New South Wales. Like obviously, we have states like America and all that kind of thing in Australia. But we um, our state, New South Wales, had like two junior speedway bikes, which was pretty unheard of. From my like, dad never knew about. No one ever knew about it, and um. It's a funny story because Jack, when Jack was born and that mum was working, obviously she got the same job for 20-odd years because she's a lunatic. She, um, <laughs> that's it. Her, her baby, his babysitter was Debbie Hearn, which obviously is Phil Hearn's wife. And um, right. she used to look after Jack from when he was a baby, like even maybe, yeah, probably before he was in one years old. And um, in the school holidays, obviously me and Jim were only – 10, 11 years old. So we'd go to Herney's place, like Debbie and Phil's place, and um, she'd look after us or try to. And um, and obviously it was really only Jack, but then they have sons too, Lee and Jay Hearn. So we used to hang out with them like all the time. And um, when these New South Wales from the state speedway bikes come on the scene, we um, Phil got them. So we went to his place and we were sitting on him in the, I remember sitting on the garage, like pretending to race him. And we didn't obviously know how good Phil was and what he'd done. So it was pretty crazy. And, um, we went down to a track, like probably an hour and a half south of us in Nowra. And, um, we had a go on him and we were racing around like the senior track, like it was 300 and maybe 30 meters, like way too big for like a one, two, five junior bike stuck in second or third year. And we're all riding, and then we had one bike between three of us, so we're all having a muck around on it. I think Phil was having a ride, and his older son Lee was riding because he was over here racing in the UK. And uh, we were having fun, and I was I crashed, I think twice, and I think I smashed my nuts so hard one time because I thought I was getting it full blown sideways. (laughs) It it probably would have only been like a quarter out, but because it was on a big track, it felt like I was full sideways going, like, look how good I'm going. And ended up falling off it, and like. Yeah, hit me nuts and whatnot. And then the um, the local track down there, which obviously I said was like an hour and a half away, put a junior track in, which was like a full-blown circle, which was no real, not real good. But when we'd go down there for everyone to have a go on the big bikes and the older school bikes, we'd race around this junior track. And um, that's where we started. We started mucking around there. And I live in a place called Appen, which is – pretty well unknown to anywhere in Australia. I always say I'm from Sydney, but I'm like an hour and a half south of Sydney. <laughs> and uh, they had a junior track, which, or they had a senior track, sorry, in the 80s where Boise and my old man used to ride all the time and, uh, like, everybody rode there. Like, all the boys rode there. I think even Lee Adams rode there when he first started, Wiltshire, all them boys. And then um, when we, me and Jim come on the scene, the juniors we started there and they cut a junior track in and we started riding around there and that's how it all kicked off really how big of a track would the junior track be would that be similar to the some of the like adcc tracks yeah, or something like we have 140 meters i think it was 
So it was only smaller. Okay, yeah, right. it was like perfect for the one two five thing, and it was good. And uh, we kicked off there. We used to go down there after school and muck around riding on it because it was we knew the guy who was a caretaker, so it was no problem. But the only problem was we had no there was no water or no water truck, and obviously Australia's pretty warm <laughs> most of the time. So it was just a dust bowl. So you could do about three laps and have to stop for five minutes while the dust settled and have a grand another track. That was quick. Did you guys ever learn? Didn't they ever like put oil on the tracks? Not on the junior speedway. We raced obviously dirt track, which is the short circuit stuff, which was big in the eighties and seventies, probably nineties even. Mm-hmm. And um, we we started on that, which obviously when we rocked up, it was like in the two thousands, I think, or maybe late sorry late nineties maybe, and um, it all started changing over to the dirt because of environmental stuff and all that kind of thing. But that was all on motocross bikes, like set up for that kind of thing where like different tires lowered bikes and all that kind of stuff and like the 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 um exhaust pipe would be underneath the bike like a big expansion chamber to make for like top speed and all that kind of thing so we start on that and we were like loving that and then yeah the junior speedway sort of popped up through mick pool really and um and i think the first time we started that properly was when I think Mick Poole's son was riding like a little Husqvarna 50 with against something even Jack maybe when he was on a peewee. And um, again, they weren't even anyone's bikes. They were like the, the governing body's bikes, the state bikes. And um, I didn't even ride it. Me older brother used to do it in the lunch break at the dirt track. And I would sit there going, not even worrying about it. But um, I, yeah, then obviously a few years later, I, I did it. How's this? I even did a bit of road racing for a year. <laughs> What? I did road racing for a year because I liked the way when you fell off, you slid across the tarmac. <laughs> Stupid. Wow. I like that <laughs> look when they slid across the ground for ages. <laughs> yeah. The only thing is when you hit the ground on those things, man, you hit They're the not ground. not knowing about the third degree burns you get when you slide across the tarmac. <laughs> but it was cool. <laughs> and obviously with the old man and that, he was friends with Gary McCoy. He used to race Speedway before he went into obviously road racing. And um, oh yeah, so we'd be at like Christmas parties or whatever, and Gary would be there, and we'd be, and Dad would obviously know him and talk and stuff. And we ended up getting um, one of Dad's up, one of Dad's short circuit friends had a road bike, so we had a crack at that for a year, but it was way too expensive, and Dad didn't like to spend any money, so it only lasted a year. <laughs> Do and you, I mean, a guy like Gary McCoy, you guys, I mean, you guys got so many rad road racer. Uh, profiles or something, I say sporting legends over there, Gary McCoy, and the, of course you got Troy Bayless and some of the other guys too, but riding on the road, that must have taught you so much anyway, you know, I mean, like the road race guys now, they ride flat track for for, flat, for their practicing yeah. and training and learning how to slide. And, well, the whole, like the whole, and Gary McCoy. Right? Yeah, the whole ideal, man, was with the with the dirt track, but the flat track stuff was when you got to a certain age, like 14, 15, you either went road racing or speedway, so in the beginning, we went speedway, and then, like, Doily was racing the junior speedway. There was a couple other guys who were really good, and we were only, like, 11, 12, or, yeah, maybe 10, 11 years old. And then Doily and a couple other good guys who were, like, Brock Parks, who races in – he did some stuff in MotoGP, does the BSB stuff and all that kind of thing. And Stoner even was junior speedway. They um, – they everybody turned 16 at, a, at the same age. Like, they all got – obviously senior level at the same age. So the whole sport literally just dropped, died, went from 14 guys to six guys in like one one year. So we had a go at that. We did the speedway for like another year and it sort of died off and we thought, oh, this ain't happening. So we 
that's when we just stuck to the dirt track, which we were doing, and then had an opportunity to do the road racing. So me and my older brother James did that. And, uh, yeah, he, I think the thing that clinched it for him, he, he high-sided it one time. And, like, when you crash a speedway bike, you, make, you might break a lever. But when you crash one of these things, you break the fairing, the screen, levers, exhaust pipe. So he, it turned him off. He just went, yeah, this ain't for me. And then um, I tried for a year. And, obviously, like I said, Dad never spent no money on tyres. We didn't know what we were doing. But... <laughs> Not that I was that good at it, but I liked it. I really, that's for the way I, I was like, yeah, road racing, but then it fizzled out because we didn't know what we were doing, obviously, and it was really expensive. And then the guy ended up taking the bike back. So we just retired with that. And then, like I said earlier, when Jim, when we had lunch breaks at the, the local dirt track, Mick Pooley, Mick Pool had two junior speedway bikes to practice on or ride on. And, my older brother started doing that, and I used to sit in the canteen eating a sausage sandwich, watching him going, yeah, this is cool, like, no worries, he's doing that. And then um, I think the biggest thing that changed it, we did a New South Wales championship, and my older brother rode the bike he'd been practic- or been sort of practicing and riding on, and I borrowed a bike, and we had a runoff for the last spot in the final with me and him, and he knocked me off. <laughs> and, As a brother, and we do. And it was like only the yeah. top three or four guys got to do the Australian Championship, and he knocked me off in the last corner. He should have been excluded, but he knocked me off. And obviously, the the referees in Australia were pretty relaxed, and they just went, "Ah, oh, you crashed and whatnot." And um, he did an Australian Championship. We went and watched it, and there was like Bachelor, Troy Bachelor there. Uh, Man. I'm trying to think who else was there. Like a lot of good guys, like Aaron Summers, who's still riding over here. Like a lot of good guys doing it. And I was in the support class. And uh, yeah, they were all doing it, racing. And when we left there, I was in Adelaide, like a purpose built junior speedway. And we're driving home. And my dad it blew us all away. My old man just said, He's wanted to have a crack at this again. And we went, Yeah, hell yeah. Like this is insane. Like we didn't know it was this big. And um, we yeah. bought the, I think we bought the, not the champion's bike, but Mark Jones. He was like three times Australian junior champion. We bought his bike and we rode it for a year and Jim turned senior and I rode it for like an extra year and that's when it all kicked off. Okay. So so Doily, going back a little bit there, so Doily, uh, Batch, the guys like that, are they all from pretty close to where you live or are they from different regions? Nah, man. Bat- Batch is like 10 hours from me. He's in Queensland. So is he like yeah, Brisbane? Yeah, Bris- like Gold Coast, Brisbane. So. We only ever bumped into him in a like an Australian champ, like national championship or something, which we didn't do many, and we did one or two together. And then Doily was, Doily was in our area. He was only a couple of hours north of us, but he was close to where we used to race, so we raced him plenty of times. But he was doing like a bait. He was big in baseball, so he he didn't retire. He finished his junior speedway and went to America and tried out for like major league baseball clubs and all sorts before. He, um, I think he had a, he had some problem with his shoulder or something, and he ended up coming back to Speedway when he was maybe twenty two or something. Oh no, sorry, about nineteen or eighteen. And um, I remember, I, this is a classic, man. I remember when Doyle first turned back up. We were like, "Oh, Doyle's back. He's riding again." And he went to like Queensland, and he hadn't ridden for months or not even years, maybe. And he nearly won the Queensland title, I think. And um, we're like, "Holy crap!" Like. Doily, yeah, Doily's on the gas. Holy crap! And then, yeah, then we bumped into each other a few years down the road, and and yeah, the, that's how it all kicked off again. Dude, it's it's a cool story. I mean, when you think about it, you know, you talk about 
like Americans for one reason or, or in Europe, all these guys racing against each other, but they're, they're only a few hours down the road. You guys in Australia can be like 10 hours and, and maybe clear across the other side of the country or something. And then you just talk about running into each other's state championships or state titles or whatever. And you can't actually, you got to look at the map and really put it into perspective how big Australia yeah, the is. Only time, the only time and, yeah. I raced, obviously I raced earlier probably a couple of times when I was probably 10 years old and then, he was a bit he was a couple of years older and he disappeared doing his baseball thing and then what like batch i never raced him until 2002 i think we had an, like a state championship and he came down and we're like who the hell is this guy and he was really good on juniors and then i think he even he might have even won this title or got second in the state championship and then um mm-hmm. the next year later when we got a bike and started like getting back into it i remember this is a classic you'll hate this but we went to like queensland championship and he was, was like me against him, all this garbage, and then um, he beat me in the heats and whatever. And in the final, the last corner, I passed him on the inside, and he reckons I knocked him off, and uh, there was massive protests and all the rest of it. And I got the win and whatnot, but in the Australian Championship, we had to fly like to Perth, so we had to put bikes in crates, and it's like a five-hour jumbo jet to Perth, like the other side of the country. And, yeah, and he ended up he ended up winning the meeting like on a maximum, and I had probably the worst night I've ever had. And, um, yeah, he won the under-16 on a maximum, I think he did. And that's when I first bumped into Darcy because Darcy was his teammate because we did, like, the Australian individual title the first day and then the second day we'd do a pairs championship. And Darcy would have been uh-huh. nine years old and he was obviously Troy's pair because of the old Queenslanders. And um, they got second. I think Batch maybe got, like, maybe dropped one point and Darcy maybe got six points or something. And he was, like, this little midget guy that was, like, who the hell is this little kid? And that's, yeah, honestly, that's when we first bumped into him. And it was like, and obviously we got all good friends and stuff. And then we raced each other in dirt track and flat track and all that for a few more years on. But that's when we first bumped into him as well, which is pretty crazy when I look back at that sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Wow. And you think about, I mean, that's how, that's kind of how Darcy's career in a nutshell too, right? Every time Darcy on the track, everybody that hadn't been to a race before, they're like, who the hell is this Darcy Ward guy? My, Dang. And there was always my, something about I, it. My, my dad's mum and dad, like my nan and pop on my dad's side, came to Perth to watch because like, I was going, I'd won a couple of state championships and I was like with Troy, like a favourite to do something in the Aussie one. So they came over and stuff and obviously I had a terrible night and that smoked it. And um, the next day when we did the pairs, I, I swear to God, my, my nan on my dad's side has got a photo of Darcy when he was about nine years old, this little dude who no one knew in like levers too big for him. And they've got second and he like popped out. And I swear my, my nan's got a photo of that. And I think she's already, I think she had it on his Facebook years ago saying like, remember this sort of thing, you know. And it's madness to see what <laughs> come of that from that from that year in 2003, I think it was. Yeah, so then you can really see how far back you guys actually go from when you first met. It's yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I love the whole Australian lifestyle, and I mean, we have so many similarities in the U.S. like that too. And, and you know, obviously we're we're warmer climates and can ride more or less all year round too. So it's it's uh, I love hearing these stories and hearing what you guys did and jumping back and forth and how you meet and it's just the friendships that you you get you gain. Like, uh, you know, that's crazy guys, how it all goes down. Like, how funny is this? I remember going to Cardiff to watch, I think Bomber won the Cardiff GP. I think he passed you actually, Greg, just quietly. And uh, <laughs> I remember turning up to this Welsh Open thing. I didn't know what the hell it was. And I won. I hit the fence about three times and managed to win. And I remember like when Darcy first 
when I first really got to know him, like in 2000 and the end of 2007, 2008, and he'd go to me like, man, I watched you at that Welsh Open thing. You, were, I remember watching you going, you were crazy. And as soon as I seen that, I was like, hell yes, that's what I want to do. Because he would have been about 13 years old or 14 years old maybe. And um, yeah, it's so funny, man. When I'm like, were you there? I didn't even know he was there. I was like, did you see that? He's like, man, you're out of control. I was like, yeah, I know. I was <laughs> What was he, he was there with his dad. He might have, hang on, I would have been maybe 18. So he's, he would have been 14 years old. I think he might have been over doing like the ADCC thing. Really? Okay, so he did that. Too. I didn't even know yeah, that. This is how crazy this is. Where I used to live in Peterborough, I stayed with a family, the Warren family. And that was a sponsor mm-hmm. of Mick Pool. That's how I ended up living there for two years. And um, obviously, I did the I did first two years in the second division. And I remember, have, obviously, I had some time off and mm-hmm. whatever. And I remember the uh Pooley going he I don't know if he was over but Taylor might have been and Sam Masters, Darcy Ward and Kurt Todd Kurtz maybe like them guys. And they're like, Oh, can you go pick him up mm-hmm. from can you go pick him up from Stansted Airport? I was like, Yeah, no worries. So I went and picked up Sam, his dad, I think Todd and his dad, and Darcy and his dad. But Darcy and his dad weren't staying with us. I was staying at the at Kings Lynn. So I remember picking them up, okay. going, Oh yeah. I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm at the front of an airport going, waiting for like, I know Sam and Todd and all that, but I don't know this Darcy kid really, apart from a couple of times I bumped into him. They jump in the back of this minivan. I'm driving it back, drop off Curtsy, Sam and that at where I'm staying and be like to Darcy and his dad, like, oh, where do you want me to drop you guys off? And like, oh, we're going to wait here because they're going to pick us up. I said, oh, no worries. I'll just check that it's all sweet. Like, no worries. Okay. And the people, the Warren family were like, yeah, no problem there, yeah, bring him in. So we had a barbecue and stuff. And I didn't know him from a bar of soap, really, apart from a few times I bumped into him and heard about his name in the dirt track because he's winning a lot of titles and stuff. And then, obviously, years later, uh-huh. how it all goes down, and we, like, talk about it and go, like, remember when I picked you guys up? Like, yeah, like, <laughs> when I picked you idiots up? That's <laughs> wild, man. It's crazy. So, um, yeah, like I said, it's insane. And I... Obviously, wait, I waited, is, dude, I waited at the cool front here. of the place I lived at for this guy to pick him up, like that Chapman's son or whatever, to pick him up and be like, all right, see you later. And that was it. See you, and they, off, they went to, to King's Lynn. Dude, see, this is funny because everybody, you know, I mean, you talk about the Speedway world and they put you and Darcy together constantly yep. and always did from, from day one. And it's uh, it's interesting because – the people said the same like like billy and i you know we we weren't we didn't we rode a little bit against each other in junior speedway we didn't really get to know each other or hang out with each other until like uh until we really got to like europe and started riding in england and stuff like that so it was one of those things that suddenly we were racing together in the same team doing all this stuff and then everyone's like yeah these guys you know they put you they think you've been to friends since you were you know knee high to a grasshopper (laughs) yet we only got to know each other by because we really know each other by going to Europe and hanging out with yeah. each other. And it's <laughs> it the same with you guys. It is about 12 hour drive from me. Like I don't see him ever unless I fly there. Like it's not as if we're like next door neighbors. <laughs> it's so funny. It's just, but I mean, but you guys are, are really close. I mean, right up to today, Billy and I were friends, but we don't see each other. I very rarely do we see each other in, in minimal contact, but we're, we're totally up on what's, what he, you know, each one's doing. Yeah. But, uh, you and Darcy have been pretty tight since uh, since those days of getting together over in Europe. The funniest really thing amazing. was the funniest thing was I don't know like I think a few people know, but when we were when he started to like make a name for himself, he was at Kingsley at Reserve getting twenty odd points every meeting he went to. 
<laughs> standard. And, Pretty standard, uh, yeah. I didn't. I was, even then, I didn't really. I was like, oh yeah, watching that. But I was at pool. Like, I was in two thousand eight, and I was like, oh whatever. Like I didn't really pay much attention. And then it might even be in two thousand nine. I think when he. I don't know if he was. I don't know if he did two years in Kingsland, but he did. He did like half a year in the Conference League or whatever. And then um, when I started in for Torren in two thousand eight, I remember Sullivan going, "Oh, we need a junior and all this kind of thing." And he said about Darcy, and I was like, "Yeah, uh, he's killing it like in England." So. Yeah, try and get him. And then um, I remember being in Mildura and I was, he was with us in Mildura doing, I don't know, the Aussie titles maybe or something. And I was like, oh, so what are you doing? You're going to ride Torren with us or what? And he, he, they didn't have a clue. Like he, him and his dad were like full green ass, like, yeah, of course, yeah. And then when I came back to England, I said to, I said to Matt, I was like, why don't you get Darcy in? And he was like, Oh no, he's going to Peterborough. I said, no, nah, he's like one of my best mates. Like, do you want him? I can get him. He said, oh yeah, if you can. So I just messaged Darcy and went, oi, come down to my house. I think we had a World Team Cup at Kings Lynn, like a first round or maybe something like that. Mm-hmm. He jumped in my van, no clothes, no nothing, and went, oh, I'll just come hang out with you for a few days. <laughs> so he come down to ours. I said, listen. We're going to go see Matt, like the dude from Pool. Like, this is, we're going to go see him. You on a ride here or what? You got a deal? He's like, no, nah, I'm, I'm whatever. And he would, if I said jump, he would have went, yeah, no worries, Chris. How high do you want me to jump? So he turned up. I said, yeah, I got him. I'll meet you for lunch. So we go to Nando's at Tower Park, right? So we're sitting there. Hey, Matt, this is Darcy, Darcy, Matt. And Darcy's got no idea. Yeah, uh-huh. order food. We're sitting there. I'm like, well, just tell him what you sort of want. And Matt's giving him all the, the standard spiel. He didn't really say much. It's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I was about halfway through my chicken. And so I was in, he just gone, all right, I want this, this, that, and this, and that, and I'll come. And Matt nearly choked on his chicken and went, yeah, 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 no worries. Yep, yeah, no problem. And that's how he did it. And I... Oh. I kid you not, man. You can speak to Darcy. That's exactly how it went. It was classic. I I was like, what are you doing? Like when we're eating and you're just giving him what you, you worked up the courage of telling him what you want. And that that's how he did it. got done. It was amazing, man. I, I laughed. I didn't really know what I was doing, but he did it. And I was like cracking up to myself, trying to eat. What the hell? What's this all about? Where's this come from? And that's how he got. It. That's how you went in the pool. It was amazing, man. It was crazy. When I look back now of what's going on and everything, I just think, holy crap! Like, that's how easy it went on. Exactly. I mean, and yeah, when you consider, especially what we live in today, to how deals used to be done, it would have been a lot of handshakes and whatever. And that's where that's a rad thing about Matt. You know, I mean, with the short time I got to know Matt and do stuff with him, it's just like if if you shook hands on a deal, it was a deal, and it yeah. just it was honored and it went that way, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's how that's how you. First came to pool, man. Matt thought he was going to Peterborough, and I said, "Nah, man, he's not." Like, because I think he guessed it there like a few weeks before and broke the track record, and everyone was going off. And I remember seeing it going, "How oh, holy crap!" Like, he's he's bloody good, man. Like, how many guys are ridden there, and he's busted the track record in heat one or heat two or something? Probably the reserve race. He smoked it, <laughs> and they were all thinking, "Oh, he's gonna he's from Kingsland. He's gonna go there." And I was like, "Nah, he'll." Go where I tell him to go, and then he ended up coming to pool. It was it was funny, man. How it all went down, it was classic. I remember, like I said, I remember sitting there eating, going, "Oh, hang on, here he goes. He's telling me what he wants." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was midway through my medium chicken breast and my 
spicy <laughs> rice going. Oh, here he goes. And then, yeah, he told him what he wanted, if he wanted to come. And Matt just did the same. He went, swallowed his food and went, yep, no worries. I can do that. No problem. And it wasn't, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't crazy. It was just like, that's what I need. And you went, yep, no problem. And that's how it got done. And that's when both parties are happy. And that's when he stands back and goes like, man, maybe I should ask for more. Yeah, I had dessert and everything. I was like, all right, sweet. (laughs) All done. We can just keep eating. Stefan now so you know Stefan doesn't have much of a speedway background from before he obviously he knows the sport and what it is but he's learned so much in the in the time that he and I've been buddies so here in this whole story for him he's he's read up and knows a lot about you and Darcy now so now he's getting like the whole story right from the horse you know it's pretty cool it's crazy I couldn't it's rated if I go into too much but (laughs) it's so so fun so simple how it all went down and for how good he was, how good he or was, and whatnot, it was nothing like you'd think. Yeah, so it was so simple. What how it all went down and how we all operated, it was classic. Yeah, and you guys, it's so cool. To yeah, and you guys kept it simple and like it didn't make it any more than it needed to be, right? And of course, you know, we've all got our ins and our outs, and we do things that maybe maybe we should have done it this way or we could have done it that way, but but the way it was working was working out fine, and it was successful, and you know. You guys, first of all, if, if I back up a little bit, you, you left home at a pretty young age to go to England, and you were like, how old were you? This is a classic, man. My old man was old school. Like, you're not going anywhere until you finish your apprenticeship. And I was like, right, right, right. And I, I was like, nah, you're out of control, Dad. Like, I just kept, I remember saying to my mum that many times, like, late at night going, what if I die tomorrow? I'm not even doing I want to do something. Like, what does he stop me for? And she's like, just shut up and do what your dad says, all this stuff. And uh, <laughs> I was a apprenticeship, um, oh, sorry, a motorbike mechanic. Second, I was apprentice on that. And he, was, he kept saying, it won't, this, you need something to fall back on. If you go there and don't work out, you need this and that. And now that, I, now that I'm older, I'm like, yeah, that's fair enough. That's legit. But you see where he was yeah, going. At the time I'm going, I was hating it. I was taking like two trains at like six in the morning to get to a place that took me nearly two hours to get to. I'd leave at dark and get home at dark. I'd get home at like seven in the afternoon going, this is, I don't like this. This is not what I want to do. Like, what the hell is this? What's he doing to me? And um, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. Yeah. <laughs> and like the classic was I won like the Australian under 21 championship in 2000 and five i think it was in tamworth and it was like so unexpected uh-huh. like there was mm-hmm. like shiny was racing over here woodward was based cameron woodward was over here i don't know i think doily was already over here. there was a few guys and i wasn't and trevor harding like there's a lot of guys that we weren't we were just doing as a hobby still and obviously all that rest of it and i remember driving in the pit gate man this is a classic going like and dad goes if you just get the, if you get in the top eight tonight it's a good night and I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to win it. I'm winning. And he was like, not laughing, but like, yeah, yeah, yeah just, just be safe for the rest of it. And I, I won it on a 15 point maximum. <laughs> Are you serious? Dead set. On, I, I didn't, I, listen, how's this one? I didn't even have a bike. I was riding Mick Poole's bike because oh. really, <laughs> the, the worst, the yeah. worst thing for him, but probably the best thing for me, he got injured in a, in a long track event about maybe mm-hmm. three months earlier. And, um, Wow. When he got injured, his dad, Terry Poole, said to me, or said to dad or whatever, if, if Chris, like, I was just turning 16, he went, listen, I'll, we want to help him out. So if he wants to, like, we've got a bike, he can ride Mick's bike and all the rest of it. 
And at the time, I was riding an old god on god upright with me with me brother. Oh man, that's that was an animal. Yeah, but I remember practicing on a at like a local track at Nepean, and I do about three laps and come in and go. There's no hell, no way I could race this thing. I can't even hold on to this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that. And then obviously, Pooley got injured, and it was like I was there. It was the worst thing I've ever seen, and all the rest of it. And then months down the line, his dad said, "Listen." Obviously, mixing, he's not going to be riding again. So, if Chris is 16 now and obviously he's been riding this garden thing, if you want, I got a bike here, he's going to ride it. So, I, obviously, I started riding it. Yeah, I won that under 21 title, which literally changed my life, to be honest. Dang, dude. Can, can you remember when, when you decided for yourself that you wanted to be a pro? Or yeah. was that yeah, going this is the it? classic thing, man. I didn't, we didn't know really. My dad was really good mates with Craig Voice and obviously Pooley. So he knew about what was sort of going on. My dad come over and had a look, and he used to ride Speedway, but he had me and my older brother, like, at 24 years old, and he had a good job and stuff. So he he wasn't committed enough to – or not committed, but was like, do I go or not? But he went, no, nah, I'll stay here. I've got two kids and a good job, and he just, I think he just bought a house for all of us. So he sacrificed more or less his own ambition. If you want – I don't know if really – I never really asked him if he was – really wanted to do it or whatever but he just went nah i'm not gonna go i'll go check it out i think he had a few rides around here but just went, nah, i've got a good job and youth and stuff i gotta get back to it so he never done it and um obviously boise was a really good close friend of ours and um we knew not obviously we didn't get nothing on tv there was no internet streaming or nothing so we seen nothing i knew nothing about english speedway or nothing apart from Right at the end when there was Grand Prix, or not even Grand yeah Grand Prix, there was like a channel you could get it on. We used to drive to someone's house to watch it at stupid time in the morning. And half the time, me and my older brother would go to sleep and Dad would watch it, like, and his friends. Like, we wouldn't even watch it. And then, the un- honestly, the only time I thought, man, I want to do this, is when I won that Aussie championship, I got a ticket to do the World Under 21 title. And um, obviously, being friends with Mick Poole, we came over, and Poole organised, like, a bike from Jason, like Crumpy, a bike from Jason, toolbox. He ordered, he got a van organised. The guy, the Warren family were ended up living with. So we come over and just went to every track and rode for like maybe, I'd probably get four laps after a meeting, but just rode, rode, rode. And um, obviously it was a bit of like, oh, what about next year? And Dad was like, no, nah, he's got an apprenticeship, no chance. And I ended up doing the under-21 world title and got to the semi-final. And I remember I did the quarter-final at Bellevue and I was on Crumpy's bike. So I imagine me turn up at Crump- with Crumpy's bikes at anywhere, but Bellevue where he rode for the last how many years. And um, I remember practicing after a meeting, it was raining, and I just went out there because they said, right, we've driven four hours, you've got to have practice. And that's where my, ra- that's where my round was. And, Crump- and I'd Crumpy be at the pit gate going, just rev it. And I'd be going, oh, shit. What do you mean, I don't, what do you mean rev it? What's rev it? And I'd rev it and he'd cut, I'd pull back after two laps. He'd be like, rev it. <laughs> like, what do you mean rev it? I don't know, you know what I'm doing. And literally was a passenger for how many laps I did. And then um, my under 21 round was there. And obviously in Australia, we don't have many small tight tracks. And it was the old Bellevue, the Kirkham Chin Lane or whatever it's called. I still hated the joint till it finished. <laughs> you you weren't sad to see that no. <laughs> but yeah i went there did that and i did the round i had man i had crumpy's mechanics his three bikes like i rocked up with like who the hell's this guy sort of thing 
and I, I'm a, I was always a quite like mm-hmm. didn't really want to. Half the time we'd go to meetings after the go to have a ride after the meeting, and they'd be like, "All right, you ready?" And I'd be going, "How can I jump on Jason Crump's bikes? He just finished the meeting, probably got a 15 point maximum, and now I've got to go out there while everyone's watching me on a slick track or like a tough track and just turn it on for three laps or whatever I got." Dude. But I, I, I sort of. Oh. I won't say I managed to do it, but I got around without crashing. <laughs> and then, yeah, when obviously when this under twenty one thing turned up at Bellevue, I did it, and um, I had to win my last race to get through, and I won the last race. And I remember like coming in, and it was on the count back and all the rest of it, and I got through, and we're all stoked, like holy crap! But we had to fly back like two days later, so we went home, and I went back to my job, all the rest of it, and I was like to me dad like what am i going to do am i doing it and he said yeah you're going to go back in like a week and i was in tarnov so i went back i flew back on my own like 17 don't know what the hell i'm doing i, I don't eat anything but peanut butter sandwiches back then <laughs> honestly <laughs> obviously dad was like pretty protective and mum were like oh they couldn't take time off work because they already had they'd already had a month off and mum's got no idea on speedway so i turned up and the warren family looked after me I, we drove there in a hire van. It rained. That, how's this? This is classic, man. It was because we're like from Australia and we're like worried. About, and my dad's so paranoid about stuff getting stolen. I slept in the back of the van the night before the meeting because I didn't want Crumpy's bike to get stolen. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I can imagine. And there was a lot of war stories around about stuff getting ripped off and yeah, during that period, too. So it was probably a smart move. When I met Crumpy the first time, I, I was shit scared. I'm nearly still shit scared of him now because he's, he's a serious <laughs> dude and i was like man this is and that's when he was in his prime so i slept in the thing man yeah, i remember I just going having dinner and my this warren family guys was like oh i'm gonna go to bed i'm like give me the keys what for i'm gonna go sleep in the van what are you doing and i can't afford these bikes to get stolen so i honestly i slept in the van oh. man it pissed down rain all night turned up they had water trucks fire engines pumping water off the truck and i'm taking the I wouldn't even be able to take photos, but I'm on the phone to my dad going, yeah, there's water trucks, whatnot. There's practice going there, I think so. I think we got only got one session. Oh. Road, I did pretty good. I had a, I had a good, I, I was had a pretty good night, and then my, I think the spark plug cap fell off in one race when I was in front, so I had to win my last race. And I, I 360'd in the first corner and, like, backflipped off it, bent the bike, got knocked out, all the rest of it. And I turned up at Crumpy's place at Northampton with a bent bike and broken stuff. Like, sorry, ja- sorry, Jason. And then, then wash his bike and give it back and say like, oh, can you send me what I need to fix? <laughs> and that was that was that was the God. first time like, I'd turned up. Literally, like the second time when I was in the under twenty one deal, where Dad let me go for like one week. <laughs> This, you know, for me to think about this kind of stuff, it, it's intense because I talk to the youngsters in America here too that want to come over and, you know, a lot of them when they come over, they want to bring their moms and their dads or their, you know, their support group and the whole thing. And you guys were doing this on your own. Dude, even looking at like Keenan Rue now on the coming over and, and hanging out in Europe for how long was he here last last year or over there last year doing doing eight? Dude, I, and they just go alone. The parents just let him hop on a plane. How old is he? Is he he's like yeah, 15 he's or something? He's the same again. He's like Queensland. I don't I don't know the dude. I don't know him at all. But I've obviously seen his name and stuff and be like, holy crap, he's like 14. He's living out here racing in the ADCC league or something. Which is crazy because I remember my dad, it's... man, there's not a chance. Man, when I came over the first year, I had to ring. I rang him at 
they were ringing me every day going, obviously there was no uh, FaceTime and all that kind of thing going, what's going on? Have you washed your bike? Have you done this? Have you done that? And I'd never, be, I'd never been to a meeting on my own. And my first meeting for the league, I was on my own with like a friend putting fuel in. And I come in from a race and like, oh, how's the bike? I'm like, I don't know. What do I got? Do I have to do something to it? <laughs> like it was, it was crazy, man. <laughs> you're just experienced. Like you say, you're just learning as you go. Making it up as I go along. The, cl- oh, the classic thing is I turned up the first time and I ended up getting deported, eh? Do you know that one, Greggy? No, I don't think I know this one. I turned up to ride for the Isle of Wight. I rocked up. I went with the Ivan Ma- I, when Ivan Major had a deal with uh, Air New Zealand. Okay. We could take 120 kilos. So, oh, sweet. So we had one pretty much full bike, not one. I never took a frame, but took an engine, clutch, gear bag, all that stuff. I went Sydney, New Zealand, LA, London. I landed with my work permit, all that stuff, and went, oh, yeah, hey, you going, immigration. Uh, where's the uh, entry clearance? Uh, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm no. like, what, uh, what's entry clearance? No, you need entry clearance. I've changed the rules. What? All right. And I even think, I think Billy Hamill got done for entry clearance. I don't think he had it that same year. Oh, I, I do remember that. I remember yeah, him having issues. man. And I was like, I don't know. And I sat in the immigration for four hours while this family, the Warren family, stood out front, obviously going, where the hell is he? And mm-hmm. I've turned up with all this bike stuff and said, listen, um, this is all I got. No, you need entry clearance. So they took my passport and went, listen, you can come in for two days because we can see you're legit. Drop your stuff off, but you've got to fly back to Australia and get entry clearance. Oh. So I literally, I turned up at 5.30 a.m. going, hell yeah, that flight's over. I don't think I'm the shit. I'm a bad flyer. All right, never, <laughs> never have to do that again, you beauty. Right, I can't come in. You can come in for two days, take my passport, go to a room, get photos because I've got to go back. I remember getting back to, to Peterborough where I was living with this Warren family and ringing up Mark uh-huh. and oh, I've got some bad news. She's like, oh, you make it okay. What's the matter? What's the matter? I've got to come home like tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to fly back for like two weeks to get an entry clearance. And that's that's just like a swift, you know, two-hour flight back to Australia, right? Yeah, just about. <laughs> and I said, can I go via Singapore to knock about eight hours off? No, nah, you've got to go back the same way you came. No. So I went London, LA, New Zealand, Australia, oh, stayed there for a week, got this ticket thing, turned back up on the Thursday, rode at Newport on the Sunday for like my first league match. Like, oh, here he is, number because it was seven point average, number one for Isle of Wight. Oh my gosh. And I remember I had like a I remember I had like a third, a second crash, and I was winning heat thirteen in front of Craig Watson thinking I'm on fire here. I mean Blix Carby got dirty in the little plunger and my bike stopped. No. <laughs> no. Four points. I got about probably 120 pound and drove home. <laughs> oh, after all that travel too, you know. Mm-hmm. And I remember when halfway through the meeting, they're going, oh, you need to change your bike. I'm like, well, I've never been to a meeting without me mum and dad, so what do I got to change? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, man, I was like, okay, I got to change stuff. And then I was then I obviously learned a bit as it went on, but that's me first night. So eh? much for your apprenticeship. <laughs> you never think or swim. I was number one. What's what's happening? He's not as he's not a lot. He's not what he's all cracked up to be. I'm thinking, 
I don't even know what day it is, man, let alone what's going on. I don't even know where I am. <laughs> yeah, more or less. My dad's not here, man. What do I got to change? The sprocket? <laughs> I'm going to put a tire on. You're kidding me. How rather? You just winged it. You just did it. Dude, I'm still winging it. it that's the way. Hey, that's how we roll. Me too. <laughs> I'm winging it. <laughs> I'm going to wing like, out a prayer. That was like, Greggy, that was like the icing on the cake. When I won the World Championship, and I remember the, the day before, or the week, the Sorry, two weeks before in um, Boyens when I I got about ten points and Nicky nearly, he nearly maxed out uh-huh. and there was a two point there was a two point deficit and I was in front still and I literally jumped in my van, rang mum and went, she's gone oh good good night tonight I said yep it's all sweet get over here and she's like oh do you want do you want us to come I went get over here I'm gonna win it so get over here. And she was like, oh, we don't want to mess. We don't want to mess, change anything. I said, get over here now. And they came a week later. No kidding. That's wow. that. Yes. I picked them up in my van, picked them up, drove them down, all the rest of it. And obviously the rest is history. But it was insane, man. When I look back and think how it all went down, crazy, man. Well, I, I mean, I mean I, going back to that year, I'll never forget, like, I was, uh, I was in my – as they call it, the title defense that year too, and watching you just just kick and you know, you know, I only went the motel at a fucking spot on you. But the best is, and I still remember this, and I've told you this before. What do I say to you, Greg? What do I Let's say know. to you, champion? Lesno, right? Yeah, when I smoked it. What do I say to you? When you pass, when you pass Golub in Lesno, and in the final. And and you stopped right there after the the final. You just did you, and I'm giving you the congrats and all that. And you're all, did I did I, pass did I just pass Thomas Cullum? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. But I was uh, he's my hero, man. I'm going. Did I just pass Thomas Cullum in Poland? <laughs> and I'll never. I mean, I'll never forget that. It was clear as gold. The look in your eye and the genuine excitement happiness and feeling of success like that's just you can't you can't describe that to people it's just it was awesome it was cool and of course you know know, it's like when when you win something man it's like you don't know what to do you could do about 30 laps until your bike blows up you just like on cloud nine right totally and that's like you said you're winging it and you're doing it and that's what it was all about right you just uh, you you persevere through the the tough times and all that crazy travel you have to do and all that whatever you know but it's it's badass. You had such a great victory there, which uh, I think a lot happened that year too. And then little Max came along. Dude, I remember being. In, I remember being oh. the night the night before the New Zealand GP. I flew back. Obviously, I was in. I went from Australia back to England to try and like right. Max going to be born. Right, a couple of days before, I got to go. Got to go. Gone. The night on Saturday morning, like at three a.m., I get a phone call when my ex-partner was um having max and i was like listening to the whole thing just going what's going on what's going on what's going on what's going on it's a boy ah, I'm, I'm jumping on the bed jack would have been how was he i was 24 he would have been 15 14 maybe uh-huh. and i'm going it's a i'm shaking him going it's a boy man it's a boy <laughs> and um not that it would have mattered if it was a girl but um they're like oh should we call him max i'm like yep yeah. Max, yep, done, done, done. <laughs> and I, I remember going out for breakfast the next morning. I was, ne- I didn't stay in the like the GP hotel. I stayed where my family was across the river. And I come out like hands in the air, like full proud as punch, just going, "I got a little boy," <laughs> like going crazy. 
And then even the even that whole day, man, I'm walking around the pits and everyone's going, whatever, saying something like, I just had a boy last night and just going mental. And then obviously didn't go to plan. I had four points. <laughs> my second my second worst GP ever. I think did you win it that one? No, I did not that year. I won it the year before. Twenty twelve that year. Anyway, but I remember like doing that and like, oh what's the matter with you? I'm thinking, dude, I just want to get home as fast as I can. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. I need a little fella. And then yeah. And then I won the next round and it was insane. It was like pfft, off the Richter. Yeah, totally. What a yeah, what a what a climax, huh? Dude, and Darcy was my manager at that time. <laughs> Again. <laughs> it was classic. Dude, it was good. It was good times. I mean, and to win, like, if you look back, I mean, your your career coming to England and starting kicking off. I mean, you you got you went like bam, 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 bam. Your success rate went really quick, and just out of nowhere, threw in. You jumped up so many levels. Obviously, coming into riding in Sweden and Poland and the World Championship, and then killing it 20, 2012. Like, like seriously, what what was that like? I know, I know what it's like to win the title. You're you're working hard to to do everything you can, and I'm stoked that I've got to experience that but you're that's all you want to do from a kid right once you realize this is what i'm going to do i just want to i want to be up there that's what i want i want to win dude the 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 biggest thing that like made me feel a bit funny was when i won in 2012 obviously and then was madness like crazy got me parents over you won i couldn't imagine them being there i remember being this is that this is how classic this is man mm-hmm. obviously times my home gp i'm in they had a separate change room just for me to go in without anybody being in there. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't probably know about it because we we're competing. Yeah, right. But I remember I said, like, my dad and Jack, like, mum was in the crowd with Max and my ex-partner. I went in my in the change room, the mechanics change room, where it was just for me. So I'm getting ready. And we're, like, me, dad, and Jack are, like, Jack's just sitting there because he's only a pup, just, like, not saying nothing because I'll, I'll smash him. <laughs> <laughs> no. But dad's, like... You'll be right. Just how you feeling? I'm like getting ready. Like it's all good. Like no worries. Like, and what we said, I said, listen. And I remember before we left the mechanics change room, which I had just for me. I remember going, getting in like a little huddle with me, Jack, and Dad. Going, whatever happens, I'm going to be top three in the world. Can you believe this? And we were like jumping around, like this is insane. So I went right. See you later. Dad's gone. Good luck, son. Do your best. Jack's just gone with him. I went back in. I went to the pits, said to my mechanics, hey, they warm the bikes up, finished. Come in, come in, come in the chat, come in there, workshop. Because obviously we have workshops in the Torrens Stadium. Uh-huh. I pulled the door down there. I'll stand there like looking at me glass eyed like, oh, what's going on? I went, <laughs> we are going to be top three in the world. Can you effing believe this? It's crazy. I went, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to effing win this thing. So, Help me and like grab them, and we jumped around like let's do it, and then went out and did. And then obviously, yeah, then obviously whatever went down went down, but doesn't matter. Right? In the end, yeah. <laughs> you were the dude standing on top, no matter what. That's what I mean. Like it was crazy, like how it went from family in this room dancing around, like I don't give a hell, man. I'm gonna be top three. Like how good is that? To like right, see you later. To the mechanics getting the garage. Let's win this mother effer. Let's go. And then go out and to do it, man, it blew my mind, man. It still does. It makes still, me. 
it's not the best that still you still you can still feel your hands your palms start to sweat and stuff too huh you get like yes Dude, whenever it's a rainy day man i just throw that meeting on just have a quick look at it hey. <laughs> nerves of steel bro man i don't have i don't have four to choose from i just got one so it's quite easy for me to find them yeah you got time but hey, what, what did I tell you that time at Motel? I went, I like probably smoked a heap of steam one time, went into it, and I said, Dude, I got balls of steel, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Nerves of steel. Oh, sorry, I might have changed that a bit. Balls yeah, it, sometimes you need, sometimes you need both. <laughs> like, I, remember, I remember being in your car, like, how many times have you given me a lift to Scarfs or Airport on the way back from Sweden? Like, yeah, we've had a few, we've had a few runs. Dude, and I'd be sitting there, and you'd be like saying something, I'd be like, Greggy, I got nerves of steel, bro. Nerves of steel, man. <laughs> that's what, and that's what Stefan doesn't know this so much, but the, since Chris and I got to hang out, he had a, he had an uh, an accident in 2013, a little bit later, which which was a rough, a really gnarly accident that that uh, could have been a career ending thing. But uh, you know, you look at what he did and look at what Roxon did, you know, in, in Supercross this year. And I, I kind of compare Chris in that state that he was broken wow. up really, really bad. And uh, you know, for there's a lot of people that might not have recovered from that, but he, uh, he dug deep and, and uh, at that period of the year, his club and pool needed a replacement. So they, they contacted me and, and asked me, and this Matt Ford asked me to come and cover for him for a, for a couple of months at the end of the year. And uh, it worked out great. You only, only, only won the championship and got that medal you eluded you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I've never won a league title in England either. So I got to join a team that was, that was on the, on the, uh, in a good position to do that. So I'm waiting for half of that medal, bro. I know. <laughs> no problem. I got it. Yeah. Sure. No way. It, it was a good time. And at that time, Chris, uh, going through, you know, so many emotions with, with being the, the current world champ and then being injured, couldn't race. I mean, your whole life's turned upside down and a lot of questions. But the dude threw out, as he and I had been spent, spent a little bit of time together, and he's, he threw some offers on the table for some equipment for me to use when I was trying to figure out a, a rough patch I was going through. And I'm looking at him going, I can't believe this guy's actually offering up some some top equipment that he had that he's been winning on and because uh, he, he can't ride right now. Hey, Greggy, and, do you remember that? Yeah, like, that's the time when you went to the Swedish GP and I said, listen, take this engine. Like, it's my best engine. And I don't know, you, you did really, really good on it. And then you went to Tyron and I was like, hey, this is my Tyron motor. You race it. This is what I run. Do what you got to do. And apart from the last corner when Medzinski dive-bombed you from hell. Exactly. <laughs> Like that was, and I was, I was so pumped to watch and be like, "Good, like go, bro! Like I'm giving you, the, I want to give you what I got or what I know. Like take this, and you killed it, man! Like this, some of your starts that night when you at the torrent, like the Swedish one, you killed it. And I remember messaging you after going, "What do you run?" And I remember when you went to torrent, I said, "Listen, I run this. This is what I use. Like do whatever you got to do because you're totally different to me." But yeah all else fails put that on do that and you were smoking it man and you would have you would have won that if it wasn't if it wasn't Medzinski behind you right there for about 30 years you would have won it easily i probably celebrated a little bit too early and uh, he took advantage of that <laughs> and he got he got the he he was smoking that night too huh yeah, yeah exactly. he died he died bombed me out of nowhere and, and took stole the 
to win from you in the last it lap. I honestly oh. don't matter what day it was. He was going for no matter what, mate. That's it, huh? But so that's wow. that's from that point. Like, I mean, you talk about a friendship and what he did that that basically turned my whole racing program around from that night to from that period. And then the respect that I gained for him and the process, even more respect, uh, you know, people know that he and I are buddies and we, we exchange a lot of information and share and different things like that. So it's, it's for me, uh, I have the utmost respect for this guy and I will always do whatever I can to assist if, if he ever needs it, you know, and then most of the time we have to do our own thing, but, he knows he's got me on the side. If if I if he feels there's something I can ever do for him, and it would be hard to say no. Did you did you tell everybody? Did you tell everybody what you did for Jack this year, though? How cool is that? No, nah, you know that's uh, Jack. His his little brother there covered for me actually in Torin this year when I got hurt and I couldn't ride. And let me just give you a little insight oh. on what GH is for Jackie. We got a lesson. Obviously, Greg's injured with his shoulder when he fell down the stairs because he don't know how to walk downstairs properly. <laughs> wow. It's an issue that I'm, I'm, lear- I'm learning to deal with. <laughs> I'll tell you how to do it. I can you do it if you want, bro. Just tell me. <laughs> but, All I can say is everyone should have a single-story house. That's my next house, single-story, bro. I'm yeah. not risking it. <laughs> when um, when Jack – obviously, Jack's my younger brother, and he like popped up, and he obviously I do whatever I can to help him as well. And anything he does, I'm like giving him, even if my stuff's not that good or advice, like, yeah, do this, do that, take this, take me van, take this, do that. And he went to Lesno for like a really important meeting and Greg offered like engines, Raf, his mechanic, his chief mechanic, Bojo, his other mechanic, like Oscar, take whatever you need. Jack went there and went first meeting of the year and I was like, yeah, like good luck, man. Like it's pretty heavy duty. He got 16 plus two. He dropped like one point. I think I had three wow. plus one. And I was like, obviously dirty on what I did. I was busting my gut. But I was like, I remember sitting in the van driving back to Tyron because he was coming back to Tyron with me going, you just, you don't know what you've just done for your own career, man. You just like literally changed your life. So you better message Greg and just say thanks very much. Not just because it's the bike or the, sorry, the engine or the mechanics, but thank him for what's just going on because this is going to change your whole deal like big time which it did because he did that and he came back like two weeks later and brought the track record at Tyron which who hasn't raced at Tyron and done a good like me and Greg I had the track record Greg broke it my younger brother's got the track record at Tyron he's ridden there probably half a dozen times (laughs) how crazy is that though that's (laughs) insane see you know that that period too. And a guy like Jack, the, the kid, I, I keep telling Chris too. I mean, that, the, he's so talented too, Jack. And it's just to, to have some equipment that you get on you think that's yeah, fast and it works good for me. The dude still had to ride it and he put the bike where it needed to be. And fortunately the bike took him there too. So the combination is ridiculous that what that he did. I just remember watching it on TV going, Oh my gosh. No like, every lap I'm thinking, turn, 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 turn. Oh, he made it. Turn, turn. Oh, you made it. Yeah. And you just, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do because I thought, I don't want to be overexcited and like blow it up because you don't want him to get too over it. But it was really hard not to because the kid was just sickening good. So he's so talented. So the Holder family has produced some, some serious talent.
talent for for Speedway, without a doubt. Oh, that's so, cool. You know, th- this was rad. I was stoked to be able to offer it up, and obviously, Torin was. They were contacted, and they wanted all the help they could get to. To like, what can we do? We need to help our team win. You know, we got. What do we got to do? We got to make this happen. I was, a bit, I was a bit dirty, Stefan, because I was looking for that engine, but I, I'm lucky. Looking for what? <laughs> uh, I was looking. For, I was looking for that. I, have a I was looking for that engine, but I. I <laughs> I'll give it to my little brother. I'll let him have it. He's all right. Hey, I'm all news. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, no, no way. A fair play, Greggy, for doing that. Legend. Dude, hey, it, it swings and roundabouts, man. And I, again, I'm stoked. You've, you've freaking helped me with so things like that and the amount of talks we've had and the, you know, you, you pick up a few one-liners here and there that uh, that actually have a lot more uh, mental meaning than just being a one-liner. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> Nerves of steel, bro. <laughs> you gotta ride. You gotta ride smarter, not harder, right? Dude, you can't win two cars with not nerves of steel, right? That's it. <laughs> I know you won three, but when you when you get injured like that, how do you come through that and be the best again? I mean, it's kind of hard hard big to do that, isn't it? Yeah, big time. Like when I obviously I went from like wasn't as far as just like a mediocre rider and got injured. Oh man, I went from world champion to the bottom of the barrel like within like one minute. And um, dude, it was heavy. I remember being there in hospital and whatnot, going, "Dude, this ain't worth the pain I'm going through." Like I, ain't, if this is what it's, if this is the worst, I don't want to do this stuff no more. Like this is crazy because I was in like intensive care for two weeks and it was. Wasn't like wasn't like life threatening. Like I broke a neck or something back, but man, I shattered my heel, busted my hip joint, broke my pelvis, dusted my left shoulder blade, and I was in a wheelchair for three months. And I remember laying. I never really been injured before. So like before, when I, this is the crazy thing, right? Before I was world champion in 2012, the worst I'd ever done was like had a big bruise on my hip. So I've got like, yeah, world champion. Oh. Like, how good's this? And even the same year I was world champion, I would race at Peterborough in a knockout cup, and and um, I think Mads Corneliusen crashed in front of me, and I ran him over by like first corner, like boom, accident. I damaged my knee, and I remember landing on the track, going like, holy crap, my knee, and fixed it. Oh, not fixed it, but went to hospital, did all the stuff, and was like, I was out for like three months. I couldn't put weight on my left leg. And they were like, oh, operation, no operation, operation, no operation. I'm just going like, dude, I need to get back. Like, I'm going back to Australia. I want to race in the Aussie titles. I need to be ready. And they said, no chance. So I left that whole year out. And I came back the next year and I was like defending champion, went to New Zealand. I think I had like nine points, scraped in the semi, didn't make it. Went to the next round, didn't make it. I was having trouble with my equipment like mucking around fiddling around went to copenhagen when darcy won his gp and i got third mm-hmm. and i was like sweet right like i'm so stoked for d darcy of course like my best mates like man we went how's this we went we got th- i got third he got 13 points i remember beating him there's a race on youtube where i beat him but like by the bare minimum but i still beat him right <laughs> and uh, you still remind him of, you still remind him of that too right? dude, i share that video every time it pops up And um, it was only because I really got to the finish line looking back at him. <laughs> But I like did that. And this is when D- Darcy started to like turn it on like big time. 
And even in Gothenburg, I was like really, really good. But then Safutnov won. And I was like, man, I could have won that, whatever. Starting to get my stuff together. I went to obviously Copenhagen, Darcy won. I was like, right. Went to Cardiff, I was top scorer, but and stuffed up. Remember when the semi final in Cardiff GH, when I was in semi one, I, I stuffed it, then you went in semi two and you stuffed it off gate two? Yeah. I bottomed out. Yeah. And I was like, I remember it clearly. I was like, damn it. Like, I just went from like winning winning Cardiff, the third in Cardiff, when Nikki tried to put us all through the fence, and an old GH just snuck around the boards, and I was like, you MF. <laughs> only because I was winning the first stage when Emil went down and I thought I was going to win it yep. again but whatever and um, <laughs> I went like first third top scorer blew it in the semi and just went god damn watch Greg he blew it I was like dude I knew gate, t- gate 2 was the best but gate 2 was like so deep but I went or it didn't like how many indoor tracks you know Greg where it's like that gate's the best, and then you go to go in it, and you're like, go there, going, holy crap, this is way too deep. Man, there's that many. When they go in, like, an, the best thing is for listeners at an indoor meeting, when they go, oh, gate one's the best, you go to gate one, the final, man, you're, you're arsed on the ground. You can't, you're trying to look for everywhere to, like, find a bit. Might have worked two races ago, but two races ago, it's, like, gone about another six inches deep. Like, it's so, it's a lottery. Like, it's crazy. And, um, you spend you spend your two minutes of, of uh, before the green light's gonna come on digging that thing. So by the time you finish digging it, trying to get it race ready, then you got to line up and you're, you're you're out of breath because you've been kicking for so long and packing. Trying to- I agree. I'm lucky to say that. Normally, if I'm off gate four, I'm digging, digging, digging. I'm thinking I'm rooted. Like I can't do another four laps. Like, I haven't even raced yet. I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> The, That's why I moved out into the country in Sweden when we're, we're based over there. So I want to be in the country and learn how to dig and pack things fast so that I can have better start positions. You know, I've been digging, I've been digging in the backyard for a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but the best thing is we're all the same. Like we dig, dig, dig. Like we'd get up there. I remember I'd like go on the track and we'd mechanically go spray the chain. I'd be like, no, nah, I need more time to dig. Like this is indoor, man. Like I need to find something. And they complain, yeah, yeah, they complain like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, man, that's the best beer. Like I had it two races ago and now it's too deep. Like it's such a lottery. It's, it's The indoor ones are such a lottery. Like it's crazy. No matter how many wins are off one gate, doesn't matter. Indoors, anyone can do anything off any gate. Yeah, and you're, and you're quite often getting told by the referee to like stop delaying the start. You got to get up there sooner. You can't be there at the, to the last second. I'm thinking we have two minutes what else? And when that two minutes goes up, I, I have two minutes to use. I might need two minutes to get myself ready. What and else? you're still trying to threaten me and warn me. You're like, if I have two minutes, just let me have my two minutes. Greggy, the best thing at Riders Brief, and yeah, this, that, the other, don't, don't mess around at the start. And we're like, yeah, no worries. But, like, we have two minutes, so I'm going to use every second to get that ready. Because, oh, gate, gate one's the best. Yeah, no worries. Man, I'll... Next time Gate One's the best at Cardiff, I'll bring you down there and you try and find me something decent off Gate One. <laughs> yeah, in the final. <laughs> yeah, like you make the final, find me somewhere that's good enough to start off, man. This thing's going up to my exhaust pipe. Like, what am I going to do? Get off fresh now? Yeah, and then you're like, you're like leaning sideways on the bike at the start, trying to stay focused, and it's going to go straight out. <laughs> half the time, you half the time you're not even digging your start. You're digging the edge off the rut to so your bike can fit in it somehow right exactly like half the time you watch if you watch like indoor finals 
You don't see people digging like, oh, getting his gate ready. All he's doing is digging the edge off so he can bike and fit in where he wants to go. So he can get, just so his bike will sit in the rut. But when he drops a clutch, he ain't going to chuck a hard left or a hard right because his bike's going to explode when he drops it. Or it's just going to stand still. It's going to like high center. Yeah, like we did right in what, 2013 or 14? <laughs> Gate two. Yeah. But how's this? Like, this is even a classic. Like, when I won the world championship, when I blew the start in the final and ended up like having a little ding dong with Nikki, I've come back to the, I went back and all the bullshit went down. When Crumpy grabbed me and went, get in here, because obviously it was getting heated as hell. He's like, mm-hmm. what's going What are you doing? What are you doing? I'm like, settle, he's going, settle down, settle down. I'm like, man, I, I can't find a good spot to start off. And he just went, just go where you, just go where you want to get, do this. Or like go where you want to start off I'm like man there's nothing like there's nothing I can go off just do what you normally do I'm like dude I can't find a normal bit like and then if you watch the final in 2012 man I started that far off like gate one like on the white line Nelly and then obviously it, yeah. it made better than what I needed it made a good start but the first time man I was digging the whole two minutes go oh, man there's nothing here there's the only reason I took gate one was because I didn't want Nicky off the inside of me. That's the bottom line. Like, I take gate two, he takes gate one. I'm like, you know how good Nicky is can be off the start. Like, yeah. the the cardinal sin is don't give, like, a good gate to the inside gate, whether it's not that good or not. Yeah, that's right. Isn't it? Like, if I'm starting against you, Greg, and gate one's garbage, but there's gate two and one, I'll take one because I don't want you on the inside of me because you'll probably make it happen somehow. <laughs> Isn't it? Sure. Is that true or what? Uh, you know, not every time, but uh, I try to make that true. All right. If you're in the final, how many how many times have I seen you make the final, like scrape into a semi and take and get gate one and make the final? Dude, that's that's when the stars line up and you're going, okay, now it's just mine to throw away. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like when you're in the final gate one or yours, you just you can jump it, you can do whatever you want, but you've got the money seat. You move, gate two shall be going through. See you later. That's right. Hey, that's, Sometimes you have those arguments. I mean, my mechanics are the same too. They're like, that's unclassified, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> How many people? The worst is to have the second gate pick because then the guy takes gate one, and then you're going, actually, oh, I don't know about two, four could be pretty good, but your mechanics are going, no, don't take four because that's going to do that, and you're knowing like I love the challenge and I think I have a better run from four, and they're going, no, you should take two, take two, and you're going, but I want four, and in the end you take two. <laughs> and then uh, maybe you make it or you're thinking it's a good excuse because then you can say I told you I should have took four what, how many times Greg have you been at Gorsroff Grand Prix and not taking gate four Ooh. if you can help it that's hard right that's that's the one if you, say hey now, cla- if not, listen now classified information without nobody else knowing go on <laughs> <laughs> if you got second choice and old mate and Totally take skate one. What are you taking? Not uh, more of the most of the time. I wouldn't take gate three. Hell no. Two or four. I'm gonna leave it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, most of the time, I would not. I, I want to have either the first pick or no yeah. choice at all because then I know that it's just it's just a gamble, man. Yeah. And I'm 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 the dark horse, and I love being the dark horse. The filthy dark horse, eh? Uh, there's so much dark. There's like skeletons. So when they go, I already got first pick. I'm going, nah, I'm going to pass the handcuff. 
Yeah, <laughs> I want to be a dark horse. No, let him have. No, you got that. My pit. Who's got laugh, Greg? Yeah, you can have it. <laughs> just how rad would that be? Just to hand it over when you're third choice, and you're like, "Yeah, here's my choices to let him." Go I'm gonna it. when it's on. We have a two, we have a two minute deal. Do it. Gate. So if I'm third and Greggy's last, I'm just not gonna turn up. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you lost your pick. No, I chose not to do it. He laughed. Gate three's garbage. What do you want? Three or four? Come on. So if we if we take all this into consideration, everything we've just been talking about, bring it up to today, like we're starting, it's 2018, we're starting off a whole new year. Chris and I both had uh, 2000, uh, 2017 that we would probably like to just kind of <laughs> pretend like never happened. And uh, I'm speaking for me, I shouldn't speak yeah, for you, Chris, but I, I'm pretty sure that we, we, can, we can roll like that. But here we are, the two of us both were, were honored wildcard positions for the Grand Prix for this year. So... Uh, that's cool we got a spot we're stoked about it 100 dude it's like uh you know this is what it's all about for us that's the big carrot is the world championship and that's i think all of our league racing benefits from the fact that we want to win and we want to win for ourselves and we want to win uh all all of our our successes in the league racing is what makes us better all the time so i've been involved with my mechanic for many many years rafael and and he and i started playing with the junior kids last year in the 250s and and started a, a team um to help the kids and as it's turned out the two of us want to see what we can do and and uh work not it's not just about us it's about the sport and what we can do for our sponsors and i've been involved in a team myself and billy hamble did with team x years back and that was it was really cool and i always thought that why can't we have teams in racing and and now we've come to the point where it's actually a real, a serious, realistic possibility. And when you talk with the guys like, like Joe Parsons from Monster, he's all for it. And Chris knows this too. You know, it's, you can, there's so much more in, in our sport that I think that is missing something like team racing where you can, we can create a whole new identity together as a team. I think we can be even stronger than we are already. And they'll Perhaps, you know, obviously, you know, the way it is now, I'm, I'm stoked that um, Chris has agreed to join uh, the Hancock High team this year. And and we, I think ha- by having that, we have we have double power and we already share a lot of info, although we want to we want to beat each other. So there's always the case. We're not going to give every final detail, but there's enough there that I want to beat him equally as bad as he wants to beat me. And by doing that, the two of us hopefully are, are going to be pushing for a top spot constantly and then the whole team is winning and our sponsors are winning and the fans are stoked it's it's a, a win 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 all the way around so uh, it's going to be a, a learning curve and it's I, I know that there's probably some things that i can do that to help uh, the guys that are in the team and at the same time i'm going to be learning from them all the time so we'll, we'll see how it goes and i know there's a lot of critics good and bad but for us it's all good and going to be it's going to be exciting it's going to be an inspiration and um I, I don't know how chris feels about it now but he and i have shared our info and what do you say bro no we've been sharing info for years and like half the reason i joined that motile team was because you were the champ and i wanted to obviously learn off you and stuff and then i couldn't take the piss because you dropped me off at the airport every week so i had to be easy on you <laughs> even even the big days when i was like two points in it he'll still drop me off at the airport like what a good guy but uh, 
but yeah, hundred percent, man. It's like I'm stoked. Out, well, you know, I'm, I can't wait for the new year and having a proper crack at it again, like real deal. Well, we it's not just going to be two guys dressed the same and looking the same and talking about a team. It's we we have a we have an overall approach that's is going to be tailor made to to suit. The, the companies and the corporate people that want to be involved with the team. And hopefully that's going to, that's going to pan out to the way we anticipate. So we're, we're going to shed a light and make a, uh, give everybody a whole new experience, which I think we truly believe is people are going to follow suit. And I'm sure there's more teams that are going to get involved. And I know there's already one other team that's going to join in this year, which will be announced, I'm sure at some point. So we're not going to be solos in this mission. It's going to be, it's going to be exciting. And I'm, I'm just stoked because I got a good guy in my team and we got so far, we've got great backing that's come in. And of course, monster has agreed and come in quite, uh, quite strong already. And we're working on some, some more deals. So for us, this is, it, it's going to be awesome. Man. And we're going to, I think we're going to lift the sport. I hope we can help lift the sport and, and offer the fans and the media and the competition maybe even have a team championship in the future. The, the cool thing is, bro, you know, Stefan and I were talking about everything and, and he, he wanted to know a little more about you. So I told him to Google your name. Oh yeah. <laughs> I have to bring this up because it's funny. Yeah. First of all, I, I just Google your name. Yeah. And Pinterest came, came up and the fo- two first images that came up was a kitchen and a bedroom. Mm. So I was like, Dude, is he is he going to rec- uh, redecorate his home or is he changing his career? I'm trying to buy a new home if you know anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Are you selling your place? Yeah, I'm trying to, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. I've got to. Stefan. Stefan, yeah. you got it. Okay. Well, that's good you to know. Buy it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The, the second thing that came up uh, on Google was... <laughs> Hold their ban from oh, British oh, League. That. Dude, what happened? <laughs> obviously, I was banned because I didn't think the track was safe to ride on. And obviously, I've been injured a lot. I've been, been injured before. And I consider myself as a bit of a, not a role model, but like someone that if someone speaks up, it's like, fair enough. Like, he thinks it's not good enough. And um, yeah, I got banned for nine months, but we appealed it and got reduce the six months and now I'm on, I'm in the clear, mate. I'm in the clear. Oh, that's cool. I just thought it was funny when he Googled it and he goes, Holder banned from British leagues. <laughs> what did he do, man? I'll give you the court papers if you want. <laughs> it's just cool though, because it makes you sound like you did something really nice. You robbed a bank or you like, yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, what did you do? Yeah. I, mean, I thought the truck was dangerous. Hey, we're stoked that you, uh, you give us this kind of time. I know it's, you know, we're all doing our, our thing, but I've uh, wanted to, I wanted to get you on the line at some point. Cause it's, it's always a blast to talk about what life was like for you growing up. Cause you know, I've told, tell people what I like to do and you learn from other people. And it's kind of rad just to hear what makes Dude, Chris Holder. And I mean, down, man, I had Darcy on the line and we all got, had a great time. And I mean, messaging me going like, I woke up and went, Oh man, I'm so upset. I'm sorry, bro. Oh, hey, we will we will we will recap on that one because that will be a great episode. The two of you guys, but we're in um, we're at this we're at this point of uh, we know you listen to every every podcast, right? You've heard every one, huh? And I'm listening to what you're talking about. So you know about the 45 seconds, and normally we what we do is in 45 seconds we, we random fire questions at you. 
far away. <laughs> All right, I got the questions. I'm ready to roll when you are, bro. Go, go, fire away. Go, rapid fire. All right. So tell me when you're ready, Stefan. Yeah. Three, two, one, go. Crocodile Dundee or Steve Irwin? Steve Irwin. Dirt or sand? Dirt. Think or act? Act. Electric bikes? Hell no. <laughs> Fish and chips or a curry? Fish and chips, baby. <laughs> you a slider or a drifter? Both. <laughs> Pastrana or Negan? Pastrana all the way. Darts or football? Darts, baby. And I th- and the final one, pint or a glass? Bottle. <laughs> bottle. <laughs> Just a bottle for me, mate. And that's it. Who's oh, on, buddy, who's on FaceTime? No, holy crap. <laughs> no, that was just his alarm. Final yep. question for you, bro. Hit me. Will Max be a speedway rider? So he's going to be the right. mascot this year if you want don't want to know, if you want to know some inside info. <laughs> Absolutely. There, way to go. Okay, so he's on He's on the right track. Hey, he's a championship champion rider. He's going to be a slider. Yeah, nice. Nah, he's bro. Dude, that's killer. That's killer. Well, CH, bro, thanks again for your time, dude. We, uh, you know, we can, <laughs> these things can always go on longer and longer. We try to keep them short, but hey, bro, I don't like my, to do that. My Polaris uh, trainer watch says I should be in bed about an hour ago, so we good or what? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to allow you, you know, with, with all the, the new rules and regulations that we got. So, you know, I'm going to allow you just this, this one time. You can cheat once a week. I'm just about to pencil it in. I'm just about to write it in and say, like, about a, about a cheat meal real quick. What a what a beauty. Uh, all right, bro. Hey, again, have a good night. Thanks again for all the time. And we're going to be in touch really soon. So everybody, Chris Holder. So thanks, bro. I'm checking out. Light up. Check, check it out. We thank all of you guys for listening. We can't thank Chris enough. And for all of you, make sure to listen to this episode and follow us on, on Facebook. And, of course, you can listen to these podcasts on Podbean, iTunes, or Acast, the Real 45 podcast. And give us a like, give us a mention, a review, and follow social media, too, at Real 45 Podcast. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you soon. Green to win. Later. Welcome to Real 45 with Stefan and Greg Hancock. We vibe out and have real talk, so tune in and check this out. Yeah, today is a new day. Let's season now and get hype. We talking about our careers, our family, and just life. Yeah, share my story with you. Inspiration like every day. Real 45, we gon' keep it live. I keep episodes on replay. Hey, Real 45. Yeah, Real 45. Show them how we do it, man. Yeah.